is geared for you to think. Okay. Oh my gosh, remember when we were like <laughs> recording in the car, just so ridiculous? Like, come on. <laughs> that was so like last year. We are growing and we are dropping eggs left and right. <laughs> like little popcorns. <laughs> jalapeno poppers <laughs> little ovaries is jalapenos Ooh, yeah <sighs> all right so hello everyone hello welcome to season dos woo woo wait no eh, eh. get that out of the way <laughs> i didn't think it was gonna happen so quickly <laughs> Well, you know, we're growing. <laughs> All right. So this is Venus Creciente. My name did not change, <laughs> as I thought. Oh, oh, that's right. Right. But it's okay. He's a Dora Orgasma here. Yay, yay. We are back for season two. This is episode one, season two. In case you didn't know, this is season two. <laughs> <laughs> Goddess uh. help you. God, yes, I am on day 11. Welcome. Welcome, goddess, 90s goddess. <laughs> We're 90s babies. Woo, woo. Shout out to all my 90s cohort babies. <laughs> I like using random big words, even though it's a small word. <laughs> so, Isadora, how have you been? I have been wonderful since we last recorded so many things have happened i've been in what felt like the lowest low i've been in a very long time to like i'm not gonna say the highest high i've been in a long time but much higher than normal and it's been beautiful and amazing lots of growth and healing happening per the huge how have you been <sighs> yeah like that (laughs) it's interesting because it's like we're not just asking these questions for like recording purposes but we also haven't spoken as much as we normally do in this time that we've taken off of the podcast so right we last really checked in when we saw each other which was beginning of december and it is now mid-january wow so yes it has been a long time and, geesh, we recorded in at the beginning of November because it took me a while to get the last episode up. So, ah, oh, yes, a lot of change has happened within my family unit, all good growth and expansion and ev- evolution and friendships and work-wise. I think 2019 is just continuing on in the snowball effect from 2018 in the matter of personal growth, challenges, healing. And I think, um, not I think, I know I'm really excited about season two because we're going to get to put all of that into the world through our voices. And one major thing that I gained over our break was commitment to my life in general. I'm lousy with commitment. So really buckling down and setting some intentions to be more committed to this podcast so that it's more consistent and so that it continues growing 
and we don't know what kind of surprises are out there for our listeners. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. It's going to be a fun season. I foresee lots of juicy goodness going down. I just wanted to jump off of something you said of committing to your life in general. And that is so in alignment with what I've been feeling as well. I've really come to accept myself strange as it sounds because I've been in the game for 10 years now, but like accepting myself as a mother, accepting myself as a housewife. So in this 10 years of being a mom and the last five years of being a stay-at-home mom, in a way I've done so much like growth and learning and self-development and I, I'm a major like dreamer. I have big dreams for this life and being in this human experience. And I've always felt somewhat tied down by being these things in my reality. And in just the last few months, really, I've come to accept them and commit to them much more. And I have to say life is easier and more pleasant. And it's kind of silly to think about, like, how could I have been, you know, denying my circumstance, but you do, you're always thinking of like what you could be doing or what you would rather be doing and not, you know, instead of just like surrendering to the present. And I consciously like created the life that I have, but I don't know. It's also one of those like grass is greener type of situations too, I think, you know, for a lot of us. So I'm glad that you said that because that's been resonating a lot with me and uh, switching my language on like, this is not what I have to do. This is what I get to do because things could be so much different and way worse or so flipping my language around that has helped a lot. So I feel like in ways we've always been on this parallel journey together, our sides of the tracks look a little bit different, but there's always like sort of this common parallel between our journeys. So I love that. I feel like this, what we've been sharing about right now, funny enough, like leads into the topic of this episode. Motherhood. Motherhood. Mothering when you don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) That's the topic. Mothering when you don't want to. I wish they could see your face because that's pretty much my face. I feel like that's how I look when I don't want to mother. I feel like it's not, it's being talked about more now, but growing up, I never like witnessed people talking about how difficult mothering is because I feel like our generation or the generation before us, like we're raised by, are we raised? I think by baby boomers, right? The baby boomers, like mm-hmm. 1950s, kids who were born in that era. And so the, in a way, it was very much like, leave it to Beaver, these happy housewives, you know? And I know that that's how my mother was raised. You know, my grandma was home and it was just that whole thing where, you know, white picket fence, yada, yada. We didn't really have a white picket fence, but you know what I mean? And now the rawness of motherhood, I feel like, is being uh, opened more and shared more, which is great and beautiful. And I think it's definitely something that needs to be spoken about. I don't know if it would have swayed me in my desire to have kids. I wanted to have kids from a very young age. 
but I had no idea how freaking difficult it was going to be. Seriously. <laughs> the fact that, like, thinking of being impregnated again and, and, like, having this thing growing in my womb, like, the thought of it, just the thought of it makes me want to, like, run away and find a cave and make sure that the ocean will fill up the cave and, like, drown me. <laughs> After I found a jagged rock and slipped my wrist, you know? <laughs> this, that is so dark, but so true. <laughs> oh my gosh. It feels like when you're, when you're in the thick of motherhood, and what I mean by that is when it's just been a cunting long day of just constantly that's where the nagging like that's where moms get the label of being naggers it's if that's a word I don't know I just kind of made a word up right now I think but it I remember being it was my freshman year in college and the RA the resident assistant I was living in the dorms at that time and the resident assistant I remember her saying that she never wanted to be a mother. And I remember feeling appalled. Like, oh, what? You are a woman? You have... At that time, I didn't think this way, but I'm pretty sure I felt like, well, you have a uterus. Like, how there's... You must have a child. And... But now, I see the potential reasons as to why a, someone wouldn't want children. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I warn people. My partner tells people who wants who want children to get a puppy first because at least a puppy you can maybe leave in a cage for a little bit, but leaving a child in a cage is socially unacceptable. <laughs> Tell him I said that's ridiculous. There is zero comparison. I got a puppy when I was in high school, and at nineteen, I was pregnant. So. <laughs> So, you know, no, no, just to test yourself out. If if you think you want a child, first get a puppy. And if you're able to get through having a puppy, then okay, maybe proceed. Both of my children came out of baby fever. And it's the it was this undeniable feeling of needing to be impregnated, <laughs> of feeling like I wanted a child at my breast. It was just weird. At 23, 24 being so afraid to come to my partner and tell him that I wanted a child when I had nothing to show for myself. I had dropped out of college. I was working at Petco. Like, what business did I have wanting a child at that time? But no, like, it happened. I, I got my child, and then he wouldn't stop crying at all. He wouldn't let me sleep. I would go to... I was a full-time working mom at that time, and... I was working on maybe four broken hours of sleep and I was a walking zombie that didn't drink coffee because coffee and I just don't mix. But, and I thought it was hard at that time. And now with two children that can communicate their emotions to me, I feel like it's even harder because, and not harder, I want to say just challenging. They're challenges. They test my patience they test my entire, they test my integrity. <laughs> they really do. There are moments where in my sound mind, I will say, I will never do that to my child. 
I will be conscious of what I do and how I act. And, and then they piss me off. And then I turn into this raging bitch. <laughs> and I never, I always want to see myself as a queen and a goddess. And even during my rage. But at those times, I, yes, I identify with the Cali, Cali goddess. Definitely where she's stepping on heads and she has like, she has completely massacred bodies but man motherhood has and parenthood in general for those fathers who are listening to us because I know there are some fathers who listen to us and my womb goes out to you and all those mothers it just really tests me as a human being and I have to constantly motherhood has constantly (laughs) has made me constantly remind myself you are a good person I think you're a good person. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. They truly are our greatest teachers. In a way, I feel like you have to have multiple to really understand that. <laughs> because my first, I was young, but she was, a, she is, not was, she is a really good kid. She was easy. Not so much anymore. <laughs> She's 10 now. So, you know. <laughs> Here we go on the hormone train. Did the whole like sleep, cry it out thing when she was a baby at that time. So she didn't keep me up all night because that's what I was told to do. I have not done that with my other two. And I wake up still with my youngest at four years old almost every single night in the middle of the night. So (sighs) that's okay. (laughs) But yes, greatest teachers, they definitely show me where I need the most growth, which is usually in self-control and patience. And I don't do this on a daily basis, but I try so hard to communicate with them as if I were communicating with my partner. Instead, we oftentimes get this idea in our heads that because they're kids, they're below us or not as smart as us. And while that may be true in like math facts, or like whatever, but not in like an emotional sense. Like my kids have a tendency to put me in my place when I'm acting in a way that I tell them is not acceptable, you know? And I appreciate that. And they know that I appreciate that because even though they are small versions of people, they should have the space to call us out like that and put our emotions and our behavior in check because no human regardless of their age, deserve certain treatment. It just is a way to teach them how human we are. Because I remember, like, I think back now, and I asked my mom, like, how the hell did you pull off the shit that you pulled off? Like, do you not have a soul? I don't understand. Like, she really acted like she did not care one bit if she was yelling at me. I remember when I had my first child, she told me never, and I think I've mentioned this before actually in other episodes, but she told me do not apologize to your kids because that shows weakness. And that is the first thing that I do now when I act out of line with them because I want them to know that I am a human and that we're all growing together, learning together. Just because I have kids and I'm 30 years old doesn't mean, once you become a mom, it doesn't mean that you like magically know everything. So yeah, it's an, it's such a gnarly teaching experience. 
And I wonder like, how did the universe think that it was okay to put me in charge of three people? (laughs) (laughs) Uteruses are, are so good are so magical that way. They're like, I'm going to suck you up sperm and I'm going to make a baby. And then all of a sudden you have these people you're responsible for and you're like, what? At least that's my case. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's weird. It is bizarre because I still feel like a child at times needing guidance. And there's so many things that you said that I love and resonate with. And um, especially when you said when you talk to them as humans and you give them the space at home to also have a voice to call you out or that you apologize I think that is and I know that this this conversation regarding motherhood has gone all sorts of different ways but that's the beauty about motherhood or parenthood and having people respond even if they're not and I see parenthood as a very umbrella label because there are There are children who aren't born from a person or they're not blood related and they can be their child. Like it's all about mentoring and guiding and loving and supporting. And I think um, that one thing that really has helped me find my place as a mother, as a person responsible for little human beings and their upbringing their values, their morals, their integrity, you know, all of these things that make us a good human being is, I think it was in Marianne Williamson's A Woman's Worth. I think it was in that book where she expresses how she sees being a parent as specifically a mom because she was speaking about herself, but being a mother is being a child's first spiritual teacher. And that really helped clarify um it brought a lot of clarity in my role as these people's person to look up to one of the people to look up to and because a lot of the time I feel like I'm responsible for every little thing they do like they have to brush their teeth correctly they have to wipe their butt correctly they have to you know all of these little things that at the end of the day, they're not insignificant, but they're less important than these other things that school won't teach them or, um, you know, it's just life experiences. And to be able to have a safe space where they can be wholeheartedly themselves and from wherever on the spectrum they are, whether it be that they're really angry to them being very joyful and accepting them completely. And I think what I'm trying to get at is seeing them as human beings. Yes, I am their mother, but ultimately they're going to go out into the world as their own individual and I'm not going to be there for them. And I'm, I can't be responsible for every little thing they do, but I can, but, and I am responsible for how they're going to learn to cope with all of these things and how, responsible they're going to be for themselves so really I guess mothering myself first and not first because obviously that's kind of uh that's not reality (laughs) you really sometimes you have to put them first and but still knowing that and holding true to the fact that I am and need to be a priority to myself and there's a child within me that still needs mothering and 
that's no longer my mom's responsibility. It's my own. And um, yeah, that's my train of thought. 100%. Yeah. I resonate with a lot of that. And one thing that like popped into my mind when you were talking was like, at the end of the day, there are so many things that in the grand scheme of things are insignificant. And what it comes down to is how is my child's spirit holding up? Am I breaking their spirit? Am I enriching their spirit? You know, because yeah, like they go out into the world and we're their first huge influence on what humans are like. Today, actually, we went and saw Mary Poppins and sorry to be a spoiler for nobody that's seen it, but the father in the movie, the mom is actually dead. She died within a year of like that time period in the movie. So of course I'm like sobbing in the movie theater, right? Because he's like talking to his dead wife. And it just got me thinking like, like if something were to happen to me, how are my children going to remember me? What type of mother would they describe me as? And you're hopeful that they would describe you as all of these positive things. But I feel like the past few years, basically since, I guess the past four years since my youngest was born, because that was a very overwhelming life event. It was only 15 months after I had my second child. I was in my mid-20s, not knowing what the hell I'm doing. So I feel like I have not been the most positive, vibrant, joyful mother that I could be. So it just had me reflected on that, you know, like what, how do they view me? What type of energy am I putting off to them? And obviously like being in my space and my frame of mind, like it doesn't look good because as humans in general, but especially as mothers, we really know how to beat ourselves up. So going forward, that's something that I'm going to be very conscious of on the day to day, you know, is like at the end of the day, how how did we interact? If I died tomorrow, like how is their how would their last day with me have been? And it's not obviously like gonna be perfect or beautiful every single day. Like we said a few minutes ago, we're humans and emotions are so necessary. That's another thing is like I don't want to be this stone wall. I want them to know that you can be sad and you can be angry and all of that. But it's about how you transmute that into those around you. So that was something that hit me today. And I thought I would share because it feels just so relevant and it feels very important. Looking back on my own childhood with my own mother, it's kind of, you know, (laughs) it's kind of sketchy. And I don't want to be sketchy in their mind when they're older you know I want a different imprint I want my children to want me around during the holidays (laughs) right (laughs) or when they have like if they have babies I want them to be like yes I want you there yes 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 and there's so many things you said starting with um not breaking their spirit that's really that's a challenging one for me sometimes because Sometimes I just need them or feel the need. I mean, it's time and place, children, you know. The middle of the supermarket is not a time to start throwing a tantrum. Thankfully, my children that I can remember haven't done that. But, like, picking up my youngest at my mom's house after work is 
is a battle. It's war. Like I get there and she's already screaming and angry at me. Like, why are you here? I'm, I just want to stay here. So it's hard not to want to just break her down and say like, this is what we have to do. So it's really trying to find a balance of, like you said, emotions are so important. And what I've been trying to So emotions are very important. And what you said, it's a day-to-day practice. So sometimes it sounds very overwhelming to be the perfect mom or to be a mom that you want. um, Like, I also want to leave a good imprint. I don't want them to be our age and not want to hang out with me. Like, I want them to seek me out just as I'm going to seek them out. And be friends. Obviously, we're still you know, I, there's a hierarchy for lack of better terms, but at that point it's life experience that separates us because when they're adults, I want to be able to talk to them as adults. And right now that's really what, what separates us is just life experience because we limit them. They learn as much as we allow them to learn. Like I had to stop listening to NPR with my son in the car because he was just he learned discrimination very well, <laughs> like from the definition and how to apply it and everything. But having emotions in front of my children has really helped me because I can communicate to them how I'm feeling and they pick up on it very quickly. I do my best. I'm human and I fall. Um, but I try and tell my children, like, I feel very frustrated right now. And I try and keep my tone down, but, you know, stern but telling them how I'm feeling so that they can understand instead of only see this raging person losing control and no longer being able to communicate with me. And I have seen a huge improvement in the way that they communicate. My son will easily say, I feel this because of that. And it's it's a proud moment, even if it's not a comfortable moment. It's a very proud moment for me as a mom because I see that I'm doing, they're perfect little, they're little mirrors and I can see that I'm doing something right. And so it's kind of like a, a little carrot in front of me of keep going, like just do what you do, just do what you do. And even when it gets hard, it'll be okay. You won't screw them up too bad. I think that's so true. That's where my partner and I really get caught up as well is in these little things each day where like in the grand scheme, are we going to remember this in 20 years? Are we going to remember this moment? Is it, is it that significant of a thing, you know, to be like this worked up over it? That's a very good point. Sweet. Do you have anything else that you would like to add as like um, any lingering thoughts about challenges or successes that you've had with your children or even parenting with your partner? I'm just trying to think of anything. Do some sweet before we transition over to cycle time. I feel like parenting with my partner could be a whole nother episode. Yes, that's true. There's a lot. There's a lot there. I do have a lot to share. Yes, that's that's true. I like that. That's another episode. It might be fun to have them on with us when we talk about that. That would be really cool. Ooh, we should. I know we should have a (laughs) pre-episode on that, and then we should have. Good idea. That's a great idea. Sweet. Doing it. (laughs) that's funny that's great I love that idea so cycle time we still don't have a jingle but we do cycle time cycle time I'm on day 25 so (laughs) 
You're so cute. <laughs> Thanks. I know, I know. So like summer, end of summer, I guess, 2018, my cycle got down from 27, 28 days to 23. Then at the end of November, I had a 28-day cycle. That was a complete shit show. And I was like planning, you know, what I said earlier about the thought of a fetus in my uterus again. Yeah, like wasn't pretty. And my partner, of course, is like, well, you know, it just, it is what it is, if that's what it is. And we'll, I'm like, shut, shut the fuck up right now. I'm leaving you. <laughs> anyway, I'm in pre-bleed. Can you tell? <laughs> oh, that rage. So this is really cool. Really sorry to pause really quick on that. Um, our listeners will will be able to f- eventually, if they're consistent with listening to, uh, if you are consistent in listening, this, that should be a disclaimer. <laughs> if you're consistent in listening to our episodes, you will get to know Isadora and I in our different seasons because this is not the first episode where you are a raging goddess and... Um, <laughs> You so so this please nobody take what she is saying literally. Um, she no, is no, no, no. <laughs> you need you to understand if you yes if you if you are in tune with your body then you know a little bit or may resonate or relate to what why how we work in the episodes through our seasons. But anyways, go on. Go on. How fun would it be if, like, in a few seasons, people start guessing, like, podcast number whatever, Isadora is on day this, and see if they're right. That would be so cool. Okay. So, the end of November, I got it on day 28. Crazy relief, right? But December was a very, very dark, yucky, I'm not going to say yucky because it all has its purpose, but it was a very dark, low month for me. And then I bled on the 23rd day. She went back down to 23 days with the full moon. It was heavy and amazing all at the same time. It's 10 minutes to 10 p.m. and they're all still awake. So anyways, I'm on day 25 and trying to figure out what the hell she's doing. But at the same time, just letting her flow. Going with the flow. It's been a long, it's been a long pre-bleed. We're lucky everyone's still alive. Okay. All right. My nipples have been really sore. And I know that's something that you've started keeping track of. I would love to share more on that, but mm-hmm. now is not the time. Thank you for sharing your cycle And I have, a, I have a share today too, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through that. Well, let's get through that. I am on day 11. Yesterday, I think I transitioned into pre-av because yesterday was a really, really hard day. Day 11, I am so happy to Pamela Samuelson from Embody. I don't so happy to. What did I just say? (laughs) I'm so grateful. (laughs) I don't know, but I love her. Yes. From Embody Work LA. Pamela. Pamela? Pamela. (laughs) Pamela Samuelson. <laughs> I'm in pre-op. That's normal. Pam. Pam. Pam Samuelson from Embody Work LA, 
who, when we went to the orgasm event back in August, I met her and she recommended that I start taking vitamin D supplement to uh, shorten or just kind of regulate or help my cycle some way, shape, or form. So I've been taking vitamin D supplements since at least since September. So September, October, November, December, January. So almost, let's say five months consistently every day, once or twice a day. And my cycle has dropped from an average of 43 days to an average of 30 days, which is mind blowing for the last three, yeah, womb blowing, which it's insane because I, I had given up on the fact. I was just like, my cycle is going to be anywhere from 40 to 50 days. And as you know, as you have mentioned multiple times in this episode, as a woman, that's just a terrifying number of days to be waiting for your your bleed. I'm just so happy to have a more regulated cycle. To, I'm currently bleeding with roughly with the new moon. And that's really cool too, because I I would never know where in the moon I'd start bleeding, where in the moon cycle. So ancient. Mm-hmm. You are tapped into some ancient shit. Yes. Okay. So. I love you so much. I got to wrap this up. Okay. Sounds good. I love you. Thank you so much for coming to listen to us and uh, ovary out. It's good for you to think. That was a very abrupt ending. <laughs> I thought it would be only like a little bit.